Welcome to Transformation Church Podcast. Have you ever felt spiritually drained or disconnected? This Charged Up series will help you stay plugged into God. From wherever you're listening, we hope you're encouraged by this week's message. So we're in part six of a series that we're calling Charged Up. And I initially planned for this series to be four weeks and it's turned into about nine of them. And it's because I really believe that as God is sharing with us how we're supposed to stay connected to him, um, he's trying to give us practical steps and um, just real life application of what we're supposed to do in this Christian life. And so today, We've been using the analogy of a cell phone and everybody has a cell phone in here. Um, And we've been talking about the simple but complex thought that all of our cell phones, no matter the potential, no matter how much we can use them, they have to stay charged up. And many of you this week, your cell phone went dead. How many people's cell phone went dead this week? Just your actual cell phone, okay, went dead this week. How many of your people, your cell phone was on low battery at some point this week, okay? How many people um, in this room, their cell phone stayed charged up the entire week? Charged up the entire week. Come on, you ain't getting no calls. Um, And I'm just playing, I'm just playing, (laughs) just playing. But that's how God intends for us to live our life. Everybody say charged up. But many times we're using our life, we're using things that are draining us. We're surrounded by people that drain us. We're surrounded by situations. Some of y'all work at a job that drains you. By the time you get out of there every week, I saw some people look at each other like, you know. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like, by the time you get out of there every day, you feel like, I just want to eat, I'm going to sleep, and I want to act like nothing else exists. Okay. Some people are in a relationship that's draining you. Some people, the thing that God's called you to, the effort, time, and energy you have to put into it for it to be successful, it's draining. See, the thing is, life has things in it that drain us, but God is supposed to be the ultimate supplier that continues to fill us back up. The problem is many of us do not connect to him daily. If your cell phone is in use every day, you plug up to a charger every day. But how is it that we're being drained in our life, in our attitude, in our stuff, and many of us only plug up once a week when we come to church? And if that, some of us are running on a charge that we got six months ago, a year ago even, And we're wondering why we can't be as effective, why we're not reaching potential, why is our stuff not moving at the speed? You know, my phone has this thing where it goes into low battery mode. I don't know if your phone has this, but what happens is like, I want to see it at a certain brightness and it says, oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Because if you see it at that brightness, we're going to (laughs) die. Could it be that some of the light that God has placed on the inside of us is not shining as bright? Because we haven't been charged up in a while and it says, no, 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 no. You can't shine that bright because you don't even have enough energy for that. And some of us, I used to be passionate about God. People used to say you were so encouraging. People used to do that. But it's almost been like I've just had enough to make it. Just had enough. Well, I want to help you that God is our power source. That he is infinite. 
that he can give you everything that you need to live your hectic life, your perfect life, your working life, your family life. And then he gives us his word, which is the distributor of power. So we have a power source that we plug into. Then we get the word of God that distributes power. And then that has a connector, which is prayer and worship. No cord ever just has one thing in it. A cord, if you open it up, it has more than one cord in it. And the cord right here is prayer and worship. We talked the past two weeks about prayer. And please, if you did not hear those messages, go back and and watch them online because it'll teach you how to pray, show you why we pray, make it practical in your life. And now today we're going to talk about worship, but it's all to benefit you. It's all so you can reach potential. I want you to hear me say this very clearly, that what you've been living in your life is not God's maximum for your life. You may have not been told that all week, but I'm here to tell you right now, there is more for you than what you have been experiencing so far. But the only way that you're going to reach it be able to sustain it and be able to walk in it is by staying charged up. So today we're going to go over the simple, basic revelation of worship with the message that I'm titling, what is worship? What is worship? And the reason I titled it so simple is because we act like people know what worship is. I mean, before I became a pastor, I just assumed everybody who went to church knew what worship is. But as I started to ask people, what is worship? You would be surprised at some of the answers that I get. I mean, it's like, oh my God, that's what, you're on the worship team. That's what you thought worship was. People think that at salvation, you automatically get an understanding of how to worship. It's many times a lot of churches fault because we don't teach on worship. We just expect people to come in and do it. And God really began to deal with me and he said, Michael, people don't really know what worship is. People think worship are the two slow songs at the beginning of church. Oh yeah, that's my, oh, I can't miss worship. We can forget praise, but let me get there for worship. (laughs) People have seen what other people do and what they think worship is and they start mimicking what that is. But people aren't worshiping with any type of understanding. So today, I want you to open your heart and your mind on a very basic subject that you may already think you have a revelation of. But I want you to realize it and see it a brand new and afresh. That worship is much more than what we think it is. Worship is why you were created. The reason that God made you was so that you could worship. And he even says in the word, he said, if my creation won't worship me, then I got to get the trees and the rocks to begin to do it. He said, it's such a part of what I want from my people that I have to show them what worship truly is. So somebody needs to really recognize that worship is not just the two slow songs at, 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 at the beginning of service, that worship is not just us coming in a place and lifting up our hands. Worship is not just us finding our, our secret place. Worship is a lifestyle. Worship is how I live in response to where God is. And so today, we're going to figure out what is worship. And with understanding, Proverbs 
4, 7 says, wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get an understanding. Let me help you. Many people have knowledge, but they don't have an understanding, so they can't walk in wisdom. I'm gonna say that again. Many people have knowledge, but they don't have an understanding, so they can't walk in wisdom. Let me give you this for most believers. Most believers have a knowledge of Matthew 18, 20, where two or three believers are gathered in his name, there God is, he is right there. So when we come in here, every Sunday, we have knowledge that God is here. Cause there's way more than two or three people in this room right now, God is here. How many people believe God and love God in this room? God is here, but that's knowledge. We don't have an understanding because 15 minutes ago, with the knowledge that God is here, some people stood there and didn't have the wisdom to worship. I, I wanna help you. You know something, but you don't understand its value, and so you don't walk in wisdom to do it. There are churches all over the world that people came into the presence of God today and stood there and judged the song and critiqued the singing instead of worshiping the king. Now, I may not be talking to you, but I'm talking about how I used to be before I got an understanding of what worship truly is. It's the way I live my life towards God. And today I want us to see it broken down very plainly and very clearly. Point one, what is worship? Worship is much more than a song. I'm gonna make it real plain and real elementary for you today because I want you to see this very clearly. See, worship should be the soundtrack of what our lives look like. It should be the audio to the visual. Let me give you an example. We just sang that song, I believe in you, I believe in you, you're the God of miracles. He said, I want you to sing that, but I want you to live that. He would rather you not put it to a melody and actually believe him for the thing that's too big in your life, the circumstance that's huge. He would rather you believe it than sing it. When we sing song, no weapon formed against me shall prosper, say it won't work. He would rather you not sing it and believe it. See, it's much more than a song. Worship is one of the most powerful, corporate worship to melodies and songs is one of the most powerful tools in the world. And I'm gonna talk about that next week. But so I can get into you what worship really is, you have to understand it's much more than a song. People sing oceans. Spirit lead me where my, uh, what's the words? <laughs> Trust is it thou borders. Let me walk upon the waters. Wherever you would call me, God would rather you have faith to walk on water than to sing a song about it and stand in fear. Worship is much more than a song. It should be the soundtrack to where you're trying to align your heart to. So when, I, when, I'm, when I'm worshiping, when I put on that song, that's supposed to be the vocal of where my heart is. So when I say, I will exalt you, I will exalt you, I will exalt you, you are my God. 
I'm saying that that's where my heart is today. I'm frustrated, but I will exalt you. I'm hurting, but I will exalt you. I'm mad, but I will exalt you. Because no matter what I feel right now, you are my God. It should be the soundtrack to where my heart is. Worship is much more than a song. I got to go into worship. No, you don't go into worship. You live worship. It's it's time for worship. No, I'm living worship. (laughs) And until we recognize that, we will relegate our worship to God, to the band being good, to my playlist being right, to, to, to it sounding like Carrie Job or Tasha Cobbs or whoever, like, oh, I just couldn't worship to that. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> Come on, we've all done it. If it wasn't our style, if it wasn't our speed, if it I wanted, and God says, am I worth more than the sound? And, and, and so what I'm trying to tell you, that music is a major part of worship, okay? But it's much more than a song. Look at Deuteronomy for me. Because I'm going to, Deuteronomy chapter one, and, and I want to show you something that I'm going to spoil it right now. Point two and three, what is worship? Worship is love. Point three, worship is love expressed, okay? But I haven't given you point, uh, th- this first point. I'm still on point one. But I want to just let you know, worship is love expressed, okay? It's us expressing our love to God. So if worship is love and worship is expressed, and I'll talk about that more in just a moment, Deuteronomy tells us how we worship God in love and then how we're supposed to express it. And I want you to see these four things because this may revolutionize how you view worship right here. Deuteronomy 11 verse one, it says, you must love the Lord your God. That's the the love part. Now they're gonna tell us how to express it and always obey his requirements decrees, regulations, and commands. So what this is saying is worship is you loving God and you express it through obedience. Oh, that ain't no song. This is what God loves to hear. That's why the scripture says that your obedience is better than. He would rather you obey him. He says, because that's worship. So what does that look like practically, Pastor Mike? Because you know, I like to make everything very practical. When I tithe, it's worship. Because I'm obeying what God said to do, that is worship. Ain't no song with that, but God says, oh, I love to hear. Is that my child worshiping me? When they sit and they honor me with their finances before they go and do everything else, woo, that's some good worship right there. What does worship look like? It says loving your enemy. Because that's what the word of God says. So when we love our enemy, God hears worship. See, he's saying you have to obey his commands, obey his regulations, obey. Husband, when you treat your wife right, that's worship to God. See, you didn't know that. You thought it was about you. God says, I've put in the book what you're supposed to do. And when you do that, when you obey my commands, that is worship to me. It's much more than a song. Look at verse 13. It says, if you carefully obey the commands I'm giving you today, and if you love the Lord your God, there's the love part again. Now it's about to tell us how to express it and serve him 
with your whole, with your heart and soul. That word serve right there in the Hebrew is actually worship him. If you love the Lord, your God, and you worship him or you serve him. So what does that mean? What does worship look like? That you love God and you express it through service. That you serve, that you be God's hands and feet on this earth. That's worship. See, some of y'all was like, ooh, I'd rather just go back to a Carrie Jove song because this sounds involved. <laughs> I, I should have just been doing my thing. At, but God says when you serve others, when you're my hands and feet, when you're my extension on this earth, when you look at somebody who's in need and you meet their need not expecting anything back, I see worship. Think about Miss Kim Vandell sitting right here on the front row every Sunday morning. She wouldn't want me to tell you this because she doesn't do it for any accolades, but I want you to see what worship looks like every Sunday morning, not because it's something that Transformation Church commanded because we don't have a ministry for it yet, but she saw homeless people downtown that were in need. And every Sunday, every single Sunday morning, she goes down there and takes them sandwiches and water and socks and talks to them and speaks to them. And then she comes in the service and worships God on this front row. No Facebook posts, no Instagram posts, no hype, no team. But she is loving God and she's serving. You don't think God says, I love the way Kim worships. See, it's not the melody. The church has put so much emphasis on how it comes out in, in, in the vocal cords. And God's more concerned about how it comes out. How we use our life, how we use our actions, how we use our thoughts to be able to worship God. So it's loving God and obeying him. Worship is loving God and serving him. Look at verse 22, Deuteronomy 11. Verse 22, it says, be careful to obey these commands I'm giving you. They're, they're being remedial and telling us the same thing. It says, show love to the Lord your God. There's that love part. Now they're going to tell us how to express it by walking in his ways and holding tightly to him. So what does that mean practically, Pastor Mike? Love God and express it through walking in his ways. God has given us a very succinct systematic way of living our life as believers. And the problem with this part of it being worship is the world is giving us a very different perspective of how we can live our life. Hear what I'm saying to you. The word tells us very clearly is narrow is the word road. That narrow, it's not a wide road. The, the road that God wants us to, to um, live in, the path, the world we're supposed to walk in, it has some distinct footsteps that we're supposed to follow. How we're supposed to, when everybody else is doing things, to just let their feelings out, that we're supposed to go to prayer and fight in the, in the closet first. Well, I don't feel like doing it, but that's the path that was laid out for us. When everybody is saying it's okay to have sex with anybody you want because you don't want to commit to something. You don't know how it rides yet. Well, well, that's a wide road that God told us a very specific. He said, I need you to walk the way that I've asked you to walk. That is worship to me. So every time you make a decision not to lie on your taxes and you're telling the truth, he said, that's worship. See, I'm coming 
to really present worship in a brand new way to you because we think worship is those songs and God says worship is your life. I want to be worshiped in the way you interact with your coworkers. I want to be worshiped how you respect those who are in authority over you that don't like you. Worship me in your reaction. When they ask you to do something that they didn't ask nobody else to do. When they talk about you, but what is your reaction? And God says, I gave them a chance to worship me. I'm giving them an opportunity right now to respond to me in the, in the way that I've asked them to walk. And that's true worship. And then the last part of that says, hold tightly to him, hold tightly to God. So you're supposed to love God and express it through staying close. It's hard to hold tightly to something that you're far away from. And many people, when we come to God, it's like God's out there and we're right here. And God's saying, I need you to voluntarily stay close to me. Make me the priority. When you make me the priority, that's worship to me. Some of y'all coming here this morning was worship to God. He said, oh my goodness. I know how late they stayed up last night and they was watching Netflix and chilling. And I know... I know that when that alarm went off, they hit it four times, but they said, you know what? I'm going to get up and I'm going to honor God and I'm going to put him first. I'm going to stay close because faith come by hearing and hearing by the word. I'm going to stay close to him. I'm not going to go throughout this week trying to figure this out. I'm going to go hear whatever Pastor Mike has to say because I know he's been hearing from God and I know I'm going to get in the presence of God and I'm going to honor God first. He said, that's worship. My children decided to get up and worship me this morning. So why are you saying all this, Pastor Mike? Because worship is much more than a song. It's the way we live our life. So the simplest two words that I can say is worship is love expressed. Okay, so I'm going to talk about those two words, give you one more point, and then we out of here for the day. So next point, point number two, worship is love. Worship is love. The greatest thing that you can ever do is love God. And God doesn't want you to do things out of any other emotion or any other decision except love. He wants, to he wants you to obey out of love. He wants you to sacrifice and serve out of love. He wants you to, um, to be able to reach your potential in him walking the narrow path out of love. He wants you to keep him close because you love him. That's what God wants from everybody. He is not trying to get us to do something that we don't want to do. And that's what many believers believe. That I got to worship God, not I get to worship God. I have to go to church today, not I get to get in a place with other people that think like me, believe like me, and we get to worship our God together. And until we change that paradigm in our mind, it's a have to. And God wants it to become something that you get to do. That's where worship comes from, because worship is love. And let me say this to you. You will never be able to worship God right if you don't love him. If worship is love expressed, you, you, you cannot worship God out of fear expressed. I'm going to help you because some people come to church and lift their hands because somebody looking at them. I want them to think that I'm holy. I want God says, forget all that. When you worship me, I want it to be your love, your love expressed to me. 
That's why when I get up here on the front row, I don't care what I have on. I've had people tell me I'd be jumping, sweating. If you ever want to see your pastor worship and praise God, just while you're not worshiping anyway, just look over here for a second. And, and you see me, I'm on the ground, I'm worshiping, and I don't do it for a show because it's not about you. It is my love expressed to God. But with no, I remember a season, and I'm just being real, I remember a season where I did not love God the way I love him now. And I couldn't worship. I would stand in worship experience and be so critical. Look at her, she can't even sing. Look at him, he too big to be wearing that shirt. Why they got us so dark in here? They sing this song every Sunday? And what happened is I couldn't enter in to what I needed because the key ingredient of love wasn't there. I loved me more than I loved God. That's why if anybody started talking about me, I could express it. I could express how I felt. I could express how, but without love, you can't express anything to God. And so the first thing we have to deal with when we talk about worship is do you love God? If you can answer that question, do I really love God? Then worship should be a natural thing for you. But if you have things that are coming to cloud your vision of your love of God, or you've had situation that have made your love leak for God, then what ends up happening is when it comes time to worship him, it's like, ah, I just can't work. Has anybody, can we be real hot in here? Has anybody known they were supposed to worship, but just didn't feel it? I mean, last week. Yeah, see, I want to be fake. I'm the pastor. Last week, I went through some stuff. Me and Nat was communicating. (laughs) Financial stuff, different things happen. And the enemy, Ephesians 6, 16, tells us that he is trying to, to shoot arrows at our heart. Why? To make our our love for God leak out. That's why when you have difficulties in your life, it's not aimed at anything except to take your love for God. And that's why we try to blame God. God, I thought you was going to be there for me. God, I thought you said the weapon wouldn't prosper. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. (laughs) Do you see me? I'm hurt. Like, And what happens is if too many of those arrows from the enemy land, we didn't get the scholarship we thought we were a shoe in for. We got injured and we thought we were going to be able to have this career. We didn't get picked for that promotion. Those things, the enemy tries to change our perception so that we can think somehow God doesn't love us and God doesn't think good of us. Listen, if it didn't happen that time, he's got something better for you. But what happens is many times is we get stuck in the moment instead of magnifying God and worshiping him and making him bigger in the moment. Then the situation becomes bigger than our love for God leaks out. So you go one disappointment, two disappointments, three disappointments, four disappointments. You look up five months later and you're standing in a worship experience still. And you knew Like, you know how good God is. You know that God is faithful, but you can't seem to muster up. Mm -mm. It's because the love that God desires for you to worship and express to him is beginning to leak out. But this is the great thing for all believers. At salvation, 
God gave you the love that you needed that didn't come natural in you. Let me tell you this. Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37, one of the most amazing things, he said, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. If Jesus said that to me, I'd be like, well, I'm disqualified. Because <laughs> you said love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind. That is a tall order. But look what Deuteronomy um, 36 says. It says the Lord God will change your heart and the hearts of your descendants so that you will love him with all your heart and all your soul so you may live. Don't you, aren't you glad that we serve a God that doesn't require what he doesn't supply? This is the thing you got to realize. The love of God is in you when you get saved. But now you have to protect it. You have to guard yourself against things that come to take the love out of your heart for God. This is the thing where it tells us in Ephesians that we're supposed to put up the shield of faith, which quenches all of those fiery darts that come from the enemy to try to discourage you, depress you, and all that stuff. No, that's why I'm so glad you're here this morning, because your faith is getting rebuilt right now. And when the enemy comes this week to challenge you, like God didn't care about you in that situation. See, I told you this wasn't going to work out. I promise you that God's not going use you. You're able to say, no, 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 no. And matter of fact, just because you came at me, I'm going to worship God all the more. I'm going to say, God, I love you in the midst of this trial. I love you even though I feel very down. And what happens is you're able to express the love that's already in you. So, so I want you to hear me say this very clearly, that worship is love first. And some of you in this room need to, today need to ask God, God, revitalize your love. Give me a revelation of love. Show me, show me how to love you better. Father God, put in me, put back in me. Because some of y'all are like, mine all the way leaked out. I don't, I'm on empty. God, I'm thanking you that you restore me to the joy of my salvation. That's what that looks like. See, we say these phrases, but we don't know what they mean. God, put that love back in me. And I promise you, if you do that and just ask him, the Holy Spirit is the one. He's a teacher. He can give you all things. If you ask him, he begins to do it. And some of y'all are going to be like, man, this week I asked God to reignite love in me. And man, I feel like worshiping all the time. I feel like I feel like going to another man. I feel like turning off that music that takes from me and putting on the music that adds to me. I, I feel like I feel like doing doing more than what I'm doing right now. It's because the love is back. Think about any relationship. Love has to be there for you to express it. So I want you to realize that your love for God is the primary ingredient for you to worship. So some people say, okay, Pastor Mike, so why does it seem like some people love God more than others? Because there's some people you can play nothing. And they're like, oh God, you're awesome. There's nobody like you, God. Like, you know those people that are just like, did, did something good just happen? I just missed it. <laughs> Let me help you. Love grows. Love grows. Let me ask anybody who has a teenage child or a young adult child, do you love your child less, the same, or more than you did when they were born? More. 
because love grows. You may not like them as much. <laughs> Let me be on your nerves. <laughs> but you love them because love grows. So if you're new in the faith, I want you to realize that it's okay. Your love for God is going to grow. But again, if you don't protect it, the enemy tries to make you so discouraged that God doesn't care, that he doesn't love you. That, that's why it's so important to watch who can speak into your life. You can't just let anybody talk to you. I'm not talking in a sedity, pumped up, prideful way, but there's certain people that I will not let your negativity and your view of this situation cloud how God is trying to change my life. Because perspective is everything. And when you allow people to start telling you, see, you thought you'd be married by now. Where are you at? <laughs> then you'll start to feel like somehow God forgot about you and that love will start to leak out. Then it'll come time to worship and you're like, ah, that's why in your midst of trial, you got to have people around you. That's why you got to get in belong groups. That's why you got to make a decision that I always come to church. Because even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to get in the environment that's going to build my faith up and be able to add back to me. I'm telling y'all, some of y'all are so depressed because all you do is get counseled by Facebook. That is the most devastating place to get filled back up. Because you will compare yourself and listen to the suggestion of the enemy. Y'all graduated the same year. Look at her. You don't even know this girl. She don't even know you no more. <laughs> come on, let's be honest. So then when it says, do you come here, Pastor Mike said, and all we have to do is stay plugged up and charged up and worship God and pray. It seems like a task because there's no love there. But what I'm encouraging you right now is to turn down the distraction <laughs> and turn up the magnification of who God is. And you'll be able to worship. Let's talk about this next word, expressed. Worship is, point three, love expressed. Okay? Love has to be expressed. Let me give you the definition of expressed. It means to convey a thought or feeling and words or gestures and conduct. Okay? So we have to convey, that means communicate. Words, how I speak to God. Gestures, lifting of my hands, clapping of my hands, pumping. God, I love you, jumping. That's, all of those things are gestures of worship when it's to God. And conduct, the way you live. What, what I'm telling everybody is that you have to do something other than feel it on the inside. I love God. You don't love God, I had to. What's wrong with you? Okay, anyway. I didn't want to, but it just, the way I said it, it had to come out. Okay, watch. But I, I run into people a lot of times be like, I love God, I'm just not expressive. Like, I, you know, I really, like deep down on the inside, I'm burning with a passion and a fire. I mean, it's, woo, it's bubbling. But I just don't express it in the same way. Hear me. You don't have to express it in the same way, but you have to express it. That means you have to communicate outside of yourself through words. God, I love you. There's nobody like you. Over here, I'm, God, I love you. There's nobody like you. Hallelujah. You can be at your seat. God, I love you. There's nobody like you. Hallelujah. God still heard that. See, so many times we want it in the same way. 
Some of my old school saints may get up here and they, ah, like they, they'll get up here, okay? But the thing you can't take from them is they're expressing. So if you're a young person and you want to, hey, or you want to do something else, that's fine. You can express it, but you can't. Because that's not worship, because worship always has to be love and worship always has to be expressed. So I'm up here and the song comes on, I lift my hands. Why? Because I got to express it. It cannot stay on the inside of me. It cannot. It's got to be like Jeremiah. It was shut up in my bones and that felt like fire. When you're on fire, what do you do? You move. And some of us, we sit in here in the presence of God and we say we love him, but we don't express it. So it's not worship. Let me tell you very clearly, worship is love. Everybody say express. I want to challenge you. Don't ever come into this church or any other church. If the music's wrong, if the praise and worship leader ain't your style, if anything, and not express your love to God. That's why no matter how I'm feeling, lift my hands. Because this ain't about you. And this ain't about y'all. Because that's what we do. Well, I'll look a little. I mean, this suit is nice and I don't want to look like. And God says, I've been beaten. I've been scourged. I've been spit on to prove my love to you. To express my love to you. All I'm asking you to do is in any moment that you have, use what you have, your words, your gestures. God, I love you. The way you live your life in tithing and treating your family right and give, I just want you to express it to me. Let, let me help you because <laughs> I, I it's amazing to me how if I take the same non-expressive people in church and put them at the NBA finals or the Super Bowl or a Taylor Swift, Beyonce, Kanye, uh, Frankie Beverly and Mays concert. Hey, that's my jet. Everybody's doing all of this stuff. Now watch. Watch. Now that's funny and that's normal in those environments, but what God sees is you worshiping something other than him. See, you missed it. You missed it. You come in here and you like this, but if Bieber came in, but too late to say sorry, and you all, you're everywhere. The beehive comes alive if Beyonce says anything. Get information. You like, you, she don't even know you. You didn't. <laughs> but what I'm saying to you is, what I'm saying to you is that there's something that you love that you're willing to express for. So, so when God looks at it and he says, you've been coming here for a year, not giving, not doing anything. And you won't even express your love to me, but you'll pay $250. Yeah. 
to stand in the cold with your face painted, with your shirt off and you're overweight. I mean, it's happening every Sunday during football season. Screaming your lungs out for people who don't know you and have never sacrificed for you. I'm teaching good if you be clapping or not. I don't even care. Hear me. But what I want you to know is that I love you so much that I don't even ask you to do all that. I just ask you in your own way. In your own way to make it a priority to express your love to me with your words. God, I love you with your gestures. That's why we lift our hands, not as a religious yoga or exercise. Some people like lift your hands. Okay. Lift your hands. Okay. It's nobody should have to tell you to lift your hands or to kneel or to worship. Why? Because this is how I am expressing my love to God. Kneeling. Laying prostrate. There's times that I just say, God, I'm going to look crazy for you. And I just lay out on my face in the presence of God. Why? Because it ain't about you. And it's not about them. It's all about me expressing my love to him. Does that make sense to you? So worship is more than a song. Worship is love first. And worship is love expressed. Last point. Worship is the proper response. Worship is the proper response. The English definition of worship is to ascribe worth to something or someone, to assign a value to it, okay? So it's worth-ship. You could think about it like that, like you're worth it, like you're worth-ship, worship, okay? So me and Natalie went to the movies this past weekend and we saw a movie and it was... It, but before we ever got into the movie, we had to ascribe or assign worth to it. So that movie was $11 per ticket, okay? So we had to assign the worth to it, and that was how we got to experience it, okay? When I watch a TV show for 30 minutes or an hour, I assign worth to it. I said, this TV show is worth 30 minutes of my time. So I ascribe or assign value or worth to it. When I sit up at night and I read to my daughter and my son and Bella wants to look at every picture and I'm like, go to sleep. But like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like an hour, but I do it because I'm assigning value to my children. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay. So this is the beautiful thing about, about God and about you. And I want you to write this phrase down. It's a little long, but I want you to write it down. My life and the way I live ascribe worth to everything that I live for. My life and the way I live ascribe worth to everything that I live for. How much time, energy, and effort you put or the value you put on it, that shows what you worship. Selah, what do you spend the most time doing, value on, how, what do you sacrifice for, that shows you what you worship. The reason that I tithe is not because the church needs my money. I, I can't, that ain't a good enough reason for me. <laughs> Just not, and I'm the pastor of the church. The reason I tithe 
because it puts value on my relationship with God. He asked me to do it because I love him. I don't do it because I'm scared. I'm doing it because he told me to. And he's the one that I call father and he knows the plan that he has for me. And he's the one that's Jehovah Jireh, my provider anyway. So God, I, you can do more with 90 than I can do with 100. I'm, I, what I'm doing right now is I'm ascribing value to him. You understand what I'm saying? So let's pull this analogy because I think you'll understand it as I close. If a man is proposing to a woman, okay, no smart man ever shows up to a proposal without one thing, the ring. Look, all the ladies said the ring. <laughs> Duh. Okay. It's because when that girl goes back to her coworkers or her friends, she don't want to have to say, oh, I got engaged this weekend. She don't want to even have to say that. She wants to be able to walk in and give the international sign of engagement. Like she, you know that she don't even want to, she just wants to, ah, and they're like, ah, ah, oh God, he loves you, he loves you. And listen, the friend don't even care about him. All the friend cares about is seeing the ring. Because that ring is ascribing value to that woman. How much does he love you? How, I'm telling you, this is what happens. How much did he spend? How many burgers did he flip? How many, how many, I know dudes in this room. I got you, John. John, that baby rode a bike to Chick-fil-A. He done served more Chick-fil-A sandwiches to propose to Janisha. Why? Because he wanted to prove to her that he loved her. And that she was worth the sacrifice. I'm gonna need a tip for this later, Doc, okay? Um, hear me. So, the ring in our day is the sign of worth that a man has for his wife. How much does the groom love his bride? Well, if I bring that to spiritual terms, the cross is the engagement ring of the bride of Christ. God, God, God sacrificed everything he could to prove to you and me that we were worth it. So when we look at the cross, that should let us know that God's already ascribed, assigned so much worth to our lives. And we have to respond accordingly. Can I say it like this? The cross shows heaven, hell, and all of earth how much the groom loves the bride. Worship shows heaven, hell, and all of earth how much the bride loves the groom. So when you stand in the presence of God and don't worship, don't clap, don't talk, don't lift your hands, don't um, live your life properly, you're saying, I don't value your sacrifice. So if a man came up right now and proposed to a woman with a six carat diamond ring, 
Look, some, some of y'all just got the Holy Ghost for the first time today. And the woman stood there and said, thanks. You're good. Everybody in this audience would think, not what's wrong with the groom, what's wrong with the bride. So when we look at the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross, and we stand in the presence of God and say, oh, thanks. Hmm, that was good. Worship. The angels aren't saying, what's wrong with the groom? Saying, what's wrong with the bride? The prince of all heaven has sacrificed everything for this ungrateful, unattractive, dirty bride made of dirt, water, and salt, and they won't even respond properly to what he's done? Why were we created, y'all? Yes. To respond back to God in worship. That's why I'll never come in the presence of God. I don't care if two dogs are singing. It's not about who's singing. It's about me giving and responding to what God has done for me. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why I can go into the Presbyterian church, the Baptist church. I can go into anything and they start singing something. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. What happens on the inside of me, though that's not the go-to on my playlist, I start remembering. And I start lifting up my hands. And I start declaring who he is by my words, my gestures, and the way I live my life, my conduct. Worship is more than a song. Worship is obeying God, serving God, staying close to God, walking in his way. Worship is our love and it's our love expressed. And worship is the proper response to the sacrifice that the groom has made for the bride. Please don't ever live your life without responding to what God's done for you. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give through our TC app or our website at transformchurch.us forward slash give. And don't forget to subscribe to enjoy more messages like this one. Now go and live a transformed life.